0: Hello and welcome to the All Terrain Podcast brought to you by the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit of the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and Ireland Territory. My name is Matt White and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way they'll make four choices and answer four questions. In this episode, our guest is Major Johnny Smith. Johnny has been a Salvation Army officer for 18 years and is currently the intercultural mission enabler for the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and Ireland Territory. He's married to Catherine and they have two sons. In his spare time, he's a keen long distance runner and triathlete. I know there's stacks in this podcast you're going to want to hear, so let's get straight into it. Hello, Johnny. It's lovely to see you. You too, Matt. Uh, now, we have a, a, the luxury of recording this one quite close to release date. Sometimes, I don't know if people know, but sometimes they can be recorded fairly close. Sometimes they can be recorded months in advance. But we are literally in December 2021, the Christmas spirit as well and truly upon us. Uh, and it's lovely to be seeing you here on this uh, very cool. I don't know about where you are. You're in London, right? We live in Camberwell. So South London, three
1: miles from Big Ben. Oh, love. Um, it's, it's all right. It, it's mild compared to what it was. Okay. Um So, yeah, we've got lots of big buildings and
0: lots of heat coming out of them. So uh, (laughs) we tend not to get too cold. We've heard a bit about you uh, beforehand in the introduction. But uh, what about um, you? Obviously, we know about your role. I did mention you like a bit of long distance running and stuff like that. But tell me a bit about home. Tell me a bit about family outside of your role. Tell me about you.
1: I am married. Um, In fact, next year, it's 20 years, uh, our anniversary, um, which is great. So I met Catherine in training college. Um, she's a salvation army officer she's a year ahead of me Mm. and she's the officer at Camberwell and also teaches at uh, William Booth College Um, so trainee salvation army officers Um, we've got two boys um, Sam who's 16 and Will who is 12 so we've just gone through GCSEs and that's uh, obviously in the climate we're in uh, where there were exams but there weren't exams Mm. but there were exams so that's been really interesting Mm. um in in terms of me I mean I I I love being a dad I love Mm. being a husband um in terms of interests one of the things that I got into um seriously about probably 15 years ago um was running and I, I did a marathon 20 years ago and oh. after that i kind of did what most people do in that i stopped doing anything and uh yeah a few years a few years into sally army officership um mm. our first church was southwark mm. and inner city elephant and castle and it kind of hits you just uh the chaos of inner city life mm. and also of um leading a, a, a church and i kind of in the first few years i just didn't have a disciplined life so I kind of worked, worked, worked Mm. and I started getting stressed. I put on loads of weight. So I ballooned up to about 17 and a half stone. And it was my um, divisional leader, George Pilkington, who you all know. Mm. And he said, Johnny, you need to do some fitness stuff. And I never do things by halves. Mm. So I started marathon running again. So I've I've done lots of marathons, Mm. but then about five years ago, I thought, I fancy a new challenge. So I started doing triathlons wow. and um, I did, I started off with like sprint ones and um, Olympic ones. And then I built up to doing an Ironman. So I've done two Ironman distances,
0: um, which have been really. They, they tell people so, so if people don't know, triathlon is um, swim cycle run, but Ironman distance, tell people what the distances are in each of those three disciplines because it's it's pretty hardcore.
1: Yeah, it is. So it's 2.4 mile swim, mm-hmm. um, which, so if you've got a 25 meter pool, uh, a mile is 64 meters. So I used to be a financial advisor. So yeah. I'm rubbish at maths. You do the maths. It's, it's a lot of length. A lot of length. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, then, you then go into, a, you come out of where you're swimming. You normally swim in a lake. Hmm. And then you come out of there. Uh, you've got your wetsuit on. Underneath your wetsuit, you've got a tri-suit. And you, you rip off the wetsuit. You've got your tri-suit on. You get on a bike. Hmm. And then you do 112 miles on the bike. And then you come off the bike and you put your running shoes on and you then do a marathon. So 26.2 mile uh, marathon. Um, Yeah. It is. It's a distance where um, yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, But I I do, I love, um, I love seeing what the body can do. Mm. And I, um, I, I, to me, one of the key things on the journey I've been on is I've gone from uh, showing up in a building, expecting to find God, Mm. to being out in the open and knowing that he is there.
0: Wow.
1: And to me, um, the best worship times I have is not in a building, Mm. but it's in the fresh air. Mm. It's uh, it's going for a run. Um, It's always spotting, um, particularly in the climate we're in, Matt. We're Mm. in a few weeks till Christmas Day. Mm. No one really knows what's going to happen. It's very similar to last year. and it's easy to get oh my goodness where is the joy yeah but every time i go out i'm determined to see just little signs mm. of light little signs of hope yeah. tomorrow morning i'm going for a run and i will run past uh, st thomas's hospital mm. and it's on, on my route and i will go past the memorial wall mm. and that to me there's friends who I know that mm-hmm. have died during this mm-hmm. and there's a heart for every single one of them mm. but there's something special as you run past that mm. in the morning I've got no doubt I'll run past people who are in the queue to be vaccinated as yeah. well
0: yeah
1: and you know so it's little signs mm. of hope mm. in the darkness there's still mm. hope so, so for me yeah I love the fitness stuff mm. but it, it's part of who I am it's
0: mm. me finding God in extreme sport. <laughs> It's painful. Oh, already, I mean, already in there. I mean, there's so many things you've already said about how you got into it, how you've kind to go. I, mean, I know we're going to come back to lots of that uh, because there's so much there, um, even in just even in just that little introduction about what you call that, that other thing you do. But there's so much in there, which I, I know we're going to tap into as we get going. So let's get started. Uh, before we do that, we need to make two of our choices. Now, this is a walk. And I must say, I have allowed kayaking in the past. I have allowed... <laughs> um, I have allowed, I think it was uh, we were on the back of motorbikes with Dean Pallant. I've allowed a whole bunch of stuff, but I will draw the line at anything above a jog. So they're not running here, Johnny Smith. Don't don't think we're going for a run over sudden. Where are I, we I, walking? <laughs> okay, so um one of the most
1: memorable things I have ever done is I was a chaplain um for a salvation army trek to base camp everest wow and so myself and i I think 11 others i can't remember the exact numbers um but i was asked to do it and i said look i'll do it but i'll only do it if i can be the the chaplain Mm. so um each day of an evening we'd end up in a in a in a hut in the middle of nowhere and we would just have a time of you know what's gone on today we'd share a prayer together that that was my role basically mm. but we walked each day and each day it got higher and higher and higher and you end up at base camp right and i looked up and you can you, can, you can't see everest from mm. base camp but on the way there you can obviously see it mm. and to me the journey i would want to go on is the rest of the way so that that's what i'd like to pitch up with tonight okay is walking. So it's a bit. of it'd be climbing. It's not like just a walk around should've,
0: the block. It's I a bit have of effort. climbing out as well, shouldn't I? I let that one slip. i let that slide <laughs> through there. All right, All right. We're, so we're so we're climbing Everest. When you said earlier, you don't do things by halves. I mean, that's absolutely we're climbing for for our hypothetical hike. We're climbing Everest. Is what we're doing? Is it, Jolly? Yeah, brilliant. All right. Well, it
1: it is because the thing is, I'm never going to do it, right? <laughs> and I thought I may I may as well I may as well have some sort of. Uh, I don't know, crazy hour with you talking about what it would be like.
0: Yeah. No, as long as, as well as you and I, uh, me being dragged up Everest, uh, we, you get to bring three people with you. So one living, one dead, one fictional, who's coming with us. Okay.
1: So um, it's always good. If you're going to do something like this, I think you need to have people with experience, right? Yeah. I've got no climbing experience. I'm rubbish at climbing, right? My son's got into climbing, but I'm I'm rubbish at it. But I'd take with me is a guy called Gurkha Nurmal Purja. Okay. Mm. So Gurkha Nurmal Purja um, did 14 8,000 meter plus summits in 189 days. Okay. Wow. So this guy, there's a Netflix uh, series or program on this. It's well worth watching. This guy is not just an unbelievable Nepalese Gurkha right to get into the Gurkhas is an extreme yeah. thing anyway very yeah. few people get in so th- this guy um, Gurkha uh, Namal, he- he's living in the UK he's got a job with the military he's special boat service he's got the comfort of, of income he's got the pension but he just has this dream of, of doing these uh 14 summits wow. so he gives it all up and um his dad's annoyed with him because uh you know that that security yeah but i love the fact that he doesn't just think about one or two summits but he goes to 14 wow which is so so look if you're going to take anyone with you he's coming uh, he's the man yeah, yeah absolutely
0: man. what an incredible story and yeah i'm going to check that out as well that film on netflix that sounds amazing yeah
1: it, it is amazing yeah wow. yeah so, absolutely
0: so that's our living so one dad and one fictional who else is with
1: us so it's, it's hard to, to bring one dead person because I'm actually going to bring two, Matt, if okay. that's all right. Yeah. And The reason I'm going to bring two is because the first guys to climb Everest was uh, Tenzing Norgay and also Sir Edmund Hillary. Mm. And when you do base camp, right, um, all the way up, there are so many reminders of these two, mm. right, particularly uh, Tenzing mm. because uh, he is from Nepal. He's an absolute mm. legend. Mm. Um, but you know what? I, I would they've built schools they've built so many things Mm. these two their legacy is just incredible so I I would just love them to be on the journey Mm. and just to hear the stories from uh the guy living and the two guys you know I think that would just be an unbelievable experience that'd be incredible Uh, and then finally fictional (laughs) you're gonna love this so listen i've never ever been into marvel dc stuff right yeah. but my kids are absolute mad about marvel dc yeah. they know everything there is to know about marvel dc so i i do join in with them right i sit through so many films and i really enjoy it i've got to say yeah. um i'd bring captain marvel because if it doesn't go too well there's an airlift right to the top <laughs> yeah Good so time. that's a bit, of a bit of a maybe get out clause but uh, captain marvel's who i would bring
0: absolutely no i think that's absolutely right i mean i think you want someone who when i can't make it i need someone who can just very quickly remove me from the situation and then fly back and let the rest keep going i would say really that's that's probably where it ends this story but i like that i like that a lot now everyone here on the altering podcast answers the same four questions so here's the first yep. one how do you face change you know,
1: th- this, was, uh, th- this was quite amusing when I was chatting to my family about this, because I-, I will be honest with you, Matt, um, I- I've really struggled with change. Mm. Um, I was brought up uh, as a Sally Army uh, officer's child, mm. and so we moved around quite a lot. And I think that's probably why I, I don't uh, like change mm. uh, too much. Um, what I would say is that, especially the last two years, We have all had to face change Mm. um you know the whole world um well do you know what my african friends would say we we face this kind of stuff all the time Mm. it's it's us in our comfort zones Mm. that have just suddenly woken up Mm. to to what is going on Mm. but we do not know really what's going to happen from one day to the next Mm. i think in answering your question how do i face change the best way i've learned to face change is to have people around me and journey in community mm. so just like the whole thing of imagining climbing everest with those characters that we've talked about mm. it's having people beside you who you can weep with who you mm. can be really joyful with i think the problem for me comes is when i've tried to face change by myself and you know i've, I've learned I, I used to be really private i used to i used to be really outgoing but would have internal stuff that i I would never ever talk about i think for me personally facing change i've learned to really open up and the importance of being open and honest Mm. i've learned to have people on the journey with me who i can be open and honest with Um, you know that that to me is crucial is community is helping each other Mm. to face change um yeah which some of us find easy some of us don't and i think added on to that the, the more i've I've journeyed with god the more i come to understand that we're created to be in community because mm. we're created in the image of god and the image of god is the father the son the spirit a community mm. so unless we're in community i don't think we're going to really understand what life is mm. and if we have community around us when we're facing things like change change of any sort mm. it's going to really help us on the journey that we're on mm
0: what what would you say was the moment or what was the thing you learned about yourself or others that took you from that place of saying I was an extrovert who actually kept everything inside to now being someone who would would perhaps live more openly or expansively if that's the language you would would use in that kind of community setting was there a moment or was there a realization or was it a gradual thing that that made that change for you yeah i would
1: be really really open um and to me um When you get married, you suddenly find out so much about yourself. Mm. And I'm really blessed to be married to a a wonderful woman of God, Mm. uh, a wonderful uh, person who has helped me to understand more about God, helped Mm. me to understand more about myself. Mm. And I can't even begin to imagine um, what life would have been like, Mm. you know, without Catherine. Um, It's an interesting one because... um, on the journey that we've been on, I've hit real bad lows, Mm. right? And anyone who meets me would be our life and soul, you know, he loves a good laugh. Mm. And it's a bravado that perhaps I I can put on at times. Mm. But there was a point in my journey um, when my son was first born and uh, I I, I was big, I I put on lots of weight. I was getting really stressed out and getting really angry Mm. and I remember my brother-in-law saying to me, Johnny, you know what? You you should really go and chat to someone. You should go and chat to a professional about it. Mm. But because my brother-in-law had said that, I wasn't going to do it. So it (laughs) took me probably a year to come to a realization that I needed help. Mm. I really needed to sit with someone uh, to to chat it through. Mm. And when we talk of journeys, this is really interesting one, Matt, because I I went to visit someone, uh, a a counselor. And the first time I met this guy, I think I had an hour and a half with him and I came away absolutely buzzing, right? He lived near Swindon. So I visited the outlet center and that wasn't why I was buzzing. <laughs> right? I was buzzing because I, I thought he's going to sort me out, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, Yeah. we went on a journey and the next time I saw him, I started getting worse, right? Wow. And I, I got deeper and deeper. Mm. and eventually I turned a corner Mm. what he was doing was he was starting was was the first person I think ever to really start to help me understand who I was Mm. and great counselors don't give you the answers they give you good questions and he just asked lots of different questions and it just sent me on a journey where I started to really discover who I really was Mm. and started to become really happy with who I was as Mm. well and to me, you, I mean, you started off with the questions about a journey. Mm. That guy uh, has helped me immensely on the journey that mm. I've been on. Um, you know, a, a good friend of mine who lives near you, Pat Regan, uh, mm. started a brilliant, brilliant yeah. uh, charity, Kansugi Hope. Yeah. Um, and he always says the strap line, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And what I am learning as I journey with people, um, the need for people to be able to open up yeah um particularly when we come to this whole area of change and when things start going differently it throws up a lot of emotions but for me that that's been something uh that that has really helped me Mm. um on the journey that i'm on so i'm a massive believer Mm. in um counseling Mm. um in meeting with people a good accountability just having people who can help you on the journey that you're on
0: yeah i mean um what pat Reagan has done is amazing you know what we're gonna actually put their website in the show notes of this show, because we we talk about mental health and counseling a lot on this podcast um, with the people we have on, but we've never actually linked to those guys. So that's a really helpful reminder, I think, for people to go and see that and some of Pat's books as well. And the resources on that website are absolutely just stunning. Well, let's move on to question two then, because from you in your own experience, but also I guess the experience of those you've journeyed with, what have you learned about moving through suffering?
1: Yeah, this is, this is a really interesting, uh, question matt because if i look through my life um you know there's been moments um we we had two miscarriages uh that was really tough and yeah we we suffered we really did suffer um the second one was um 30th of november so it wasn't the best of christmases you Mm. know this it never leaves you Mm. it's on it's on your mind um in recent days what's really been on my mind is that my mum um was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a few years ago. And unfortunately the, um, the last couple of years, it really since the first lockdown, mm-hmm. her health has really deteriorated. So she had several strokes mm-hmm. and now she has ended up in a nursing home and uh, it's cruel. The mm-hmm. whole thing with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. is really, really cruel mm-hmm. to not be able to remember um, that. It, it, it was once described to me that memory for an alzheimer's sufferer is like it's like a bookshelf and the long term memories are on the bottom of the shelf mm. and the new memories are on the top and when the shelf shakes when the mm. book uh, cupboard shakes the new memories just fall off mm. right so but the old memories are still there mm. and that that was really helpful for me mm, but i've looked at my mum and i visit her in the home and i'm going to visit her tomorrow and she says she's happy but to me there's suffering that's going on Mm. so um, one of the things that I love doing at Christmas time a good Sally Army boy is playing Christmas carols Mm. and mostly at stations Um, but uh, a week ago I was invited to play a Christmas carol service in the Salvation Army home Mm. and went along and lots of people in there um, with uh, different challenges going on Mm. but what I've learned especially from my mum, mm. is as people do get older, there is more suffering that goes on. Mm. You know, she, my mum's had several strokes. Mm. People suffer mm. when they have strokes. I've mm. been with her in hospital. She's mm. suffering. Mm. So in that home, without a doubt, there were people who were suffering. Mm. What was incredible for me, and it was a real God moment for me, was that every time the band played, and I'm sure the band wouldn't mind me saying, it wasn't the most musical sounding of groups, <laughs> right? But every time they played, there was one lady in there and it was just incredible that every time we played a smile came to her face. Mm. And to me, it was one of those things that in suffering God can still break through mm. that in suffering in mm. the worst possible suffering, there is still hope. Yeah. And I, I find I, I, I struggle in what I'm saying because I really believe it. Mm. And then I look at the most extreme of sufferings that's gone on on this planet. and think, but but where does the hope come when people are in the most awful of situations? But my faith says there still has to be hope, Mm. because there is God. And if there wasn't God, there would be no hope. Mm. But because there is God, there has to always be hope. Mm. And it's just in that moment in that carol service, Mm. in that home, we're just seeing this one person who's Mm. a well known Salvation Army person, every time the band played, Mm. she would just leap for joy. There's one line of a carol, Matt, as well, that I absolutely love. And I think it it talks to us a lot about life. And it's from um, a little town of Bethlehem. And it's the line that says, our hopes and fears for all the years Mm. are met in thee tonight. Mm. And to me that it could be about suffering. It could be Mm. about anything. Mm but whatever anyone's going through Mm. because of the incarnate Christ, because of Jesus, there is always hope. Mm. And there's times I don't believe it, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Salvation Army officer confessing to that. Mm. I believe it because of my faith, Mm. because of my trust, Mm. that because there is God, there
0: is hope. I guess the the thing that really strikes me about all you've just said is that that analogy used for for Alzheimer's, which talks about those that kind of top shelf and then that 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 bottom shelf where those kind of deep memories sit, and then that story of someone being moved by by something that clearly stirs something deep within them. And uh, you know, Rob Bell talks about the bass notes. People talk about the grinding experience. You, what are, for you? What would you say are those things that that deep within you you cling to that perhaps bring you some hope?
1: Yeah, you know, Matt, I, I grew up in the Sally Army and I went along because I loved the social side. I loved playing in the band, but it was not connecting with me, the Bible, God, right? It just, it just simply wasn't. And I, I guess I went off the rails a little bit and uh, perhaps a lot. Um, but, you know, the moment um, uh, God found me, you know, was an unforgettable moment. And when I was called to Sally Army Officership, right, it was, it was hilarious. Um, well, it was hilarious, <laughs> I was called to officership, <laughs> but it was hilarious because um, I'd, I'd gone to a youth councils and a year before as a non-Christian, I'd, I'd messed around at this youth councils and I'd really done not great things, right? And reality is a year later, as a christian going along i wanted to repent so i started the youth councils off by simply saying sorry for my behavior for the year before right and then during that youth councils i was i was on that front row ready to pounce on people during the uh, the emotional song right god always shows up during the emotional mm-hmm. song not quite sure why he can't show up during a, a, a loud song but anyway um so i'm ready to pounce on people and then i i just felt a, a voice or mm. something say, you know what I want you to do, mm. you, you need to do this. So I found myself going forward. And the funny thing was that uh, a guy came to pray for me and I ended up with mercy seat and knees. You, you may have had that, Matt, where it was going on so long. You yeah. just lost all feeling yeah. in your legs. Right. So anyway, but he thought my name was Nick and he just kept <laughs> praying for me. It was the longest ever prayer. And uh, we got up, I struggled up, you know, and uh, he gave me this massive hug and it was like, I've got one, you know, from him. And then I just said, thanks so much. uh, But my name's actually Johnny. And (laughs) the thing was, I genuinely think he wanted to do it all again. Just because I didn't come in the wrong name. I think God knows my name.
0: Yeah,
1: I say those two things because if you chat to my wife, Mm. she will tell you that her becoming a, a christian mm. it was a very very uh, gentle uh over time process mm. for me it wasn't and i'm really glad it wasn't because in the times when i have the biggest doubts right in the times where i want to walk away in the times when it's tough mm. i look back on those two fundamental moments in my life yeah and i yeah. cannot deny that something happened in those moments right and for me it was a god thing that happened and you know that the guy i was in in 1999 uh the the real fired up kind of guy i'm still fired up but the god i now know Mm. is so different than the god i knew then and Mm. one of the reasons for that is because not just in my role but in life as I have met people Mm. who are not your kind of uh, stereotypical white Jesus, uh, Mm. Robert Powell Mm. characters, Mm. right? People from all around this Mm -hmm. world created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So the image of God I have, has just gone deeper and deeper and deeper. And for me, um, that's really helped my my journey, that's helped my uh, my development, Mm. that's helped out who I am. Mm. But even even knowing all of that i still sometimes need to remember Mm. that moment um in that roots in 1999 Mm.
0: in many ways it's um it's a really it's a kind of a great old-fashioned salvation army story right it's like like you say for your wife there's a kind of a there's a a a, a growth a a a kind of a slow walk through discipleship and all of that but for you there's these two kind of like real kind of, I'm, I'm punching my hand, but it's a podcast, only you can see it. There's these two kind of real, you know, breeze block in the face type moments of like, and, and that's clearly what was needed for you. But also, I guess some people's challenges with those moments is that sometimes people can go, oh, well, it doesn't have to. But for you, they they weren't flashing the pan moments. They've become deep resounding moments that you still cling to. And I think that's just the most beautiful testimony. It, it
1: was a wonderful experience. Mm. But the, the challenge... that that we have now right is and i think it's a good challenge is that probably 99 percent of people in this country will not go anywhere near a church building most Mm. of the time Mm. right and i I said to you earlier about um you know what why do we think that god can only move during a slow song Mm. right and the the bible reading where it says um you know god was not in the wind Mm. he was not in the fire uh you know he was in the still, mm. small voice that's great but it suggests to me that bible reading that he can be in the wind and mm-hmm. he can be in the fire he can be in the noise mm-hmm. and i i said to you already that my my best worship moments during the week are mm. not in a building mm-hmm. They're out and about mm-hmm. in the everyday, seeing what God's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I am um, once a week uh, on Fridays, I spend a day in a secondary school. So I'm chair of governors in that school. And the Salvation Army has blessed me to spend a day volunteering mm-hmm. in that school. Um, I read with year sevens mm-hmm. who have a reading age of about five or six. And it's the most fulfilling time of mm-hmm. the week. And I, and I I have a fulfilling role. Mm-hmm. But that time is really precious. Mm-hmm. Those kids, most of them do not go anywhere near a church building, mm. right? If I can signpost them to God mm-hmm. in a very, very different way, right, then I I kind of think that it will be really interesting mm. to see how that journey develops mm. with them. Um, I'm recognising now that I will probably be outcast from this podcast for saying such <laughs> things, but I'm
0: just... Uh, well, no, but I, you know, I'm, you, I, I think, because I think this answer is really interestingly one and two normally go together really well i actually think your link between two and three is actually clearer so we're going to stop for a second to take a choice and then we're going to come back to this because i think you might have also just answered the third question but first let's make the third choice which is this what's on the playlist
1: so as a as a runner i never i never listen to anything when i'm cycling or swimming by the way when i run i listen to stuff and i have got to absolutely love queen right i listen to queen all the time right greatest hits album platinum i downloaded it i listened to it all the time and yeah i watched the film bohemian rhapsody and was deeply Mm. deeply inspired by that film Mm. and one of the reasons that i listened to uh queen is because i think freddie well queen because it wasn't just freddie Mm. but just if we look at freddie just an absolute genius yeah his voice was genius his writing was genius you know the the range of songs that he can do so the opera song Mm -hmm. Barcelona Mm -hmm. just brilliant but more than that I listened to it because I'm reminded that there is a guy who went through so much suffering Mm -hmm. in his life a lot of it self-inflicted because the person he was it was like he was battling because he didn't perhaps, this is how the film is portrayed mm. that he didn't want to be that person. Mm. And it was, I, I find that film really challenging mm. because I want people to be who they are mm. uh, not to be who they're not and uh, people to be released at, uh, who they're created to be mm. uh, as well. So I, I find, um, I find Queen just absolutely inspirational mm. and um, I love it for various reasons, but I'm challenged when I listen to it because of the life, the the story of of Freddie, and uh, the the traumas in life that he went through because he couldn't accept who he was because society wouldn't accept who he was. Um, Again, we are going on a film and often the book is very different than the film, but certainly what the film portrays really challenges me.
0: The genius of who he was, that met such a hostile society. Even even in his death as well, some of the things that were said on the news and were just disgraceful. He was he was really treated badly. And and I think in Bohemian Rhapsody the the film, I think you yeah, you you get there's a sense of gloriousness in it, which I love. Like there's something that kind of that kind of um something just glorious about the way his genius kind of soars in amongst, as you say, so much, you know, suffering, so much trauma but also just a society that isn't willing to let him be who he is, which is um, mm. uh, utterly fascinating. Uh, great yeah. playlist. I'm very happy with Queen on the Way Up Everest. I'll be very happy with that. Now, I said we'd sort of strayed into your third question. It's not really a stray. It's, it's Because the third question is how do we receive joy? And so far mm. in this podcast, you have touched on that in so many ways. Right from the beginning, when we I asked you about yourself, and you talked about loving being a husband and a father, running, through to the work you do, through to your friends, through to uh, those experiences of other people, even in suffering, seeing them them come to life in that space and and even in this last few moments when you talked about being a governor at the school and going in there and reading to year sevens being a highlight of your week, is joy for Johnny Smith just all about people <laughs> um
1: no i i don't think it is i think it's a lot more than that uh because the the danger is matt is when people aren't around mm. i i think if you'd asked me 20 years ago it probably would have been it really would and and it's this word joy i think the english our, our language mm. doesn't help us appreciate how deep a word this is and we live in a very instant world and um we we kind of want to pick joy from a tree mm. and it, it's like a chocolate bar you know and that that's so mm. i really enjoyed that so much mm. joy and then it's gone um joy, joy is a lot lot deeper than that mm. um I, i've been doing a lot of thinking uh, around um the church and park run right mm. and uh so our local park run burgess park probably has about 400 people turn up to it i'm mm. not I don't often go to park run because I normally do a longer uh, fitness activity mm. on a Saturday. So it doesn't fit in with my schedule. But when I have gone probably 400 people, you've probably got about 2% who actually make it happen. So again, yeah. any church gathering, that's probably the same 2% mm. actually make it happen. Yeah, Everyone yeah. else shows up. Yeah, They get their joy, right? So joy from many people listening to this will be joy from running. How do you get joy? <laughs> People do because it, it's so popular. So they turn yep. up, they do a 5K. Yep. Then they say, This is such a, this is, oh, this community, this is amazing. So much mm. joy in this community. Mm. And some of them will have a coffee and it'll mm. be even more joy. Mm. And then they'll go and they won't speak to each other the whole mm. week. Right. Mm. If that's what we think joy is, whether it's part run or whether it's a church gathering, right. Joy is a lot, lot deeper than that. Mm, it has yeah. to be a lot, lot deeper than that. And so, if, if for me, if joy is just people, um, yes, without doubt, I do get joy from that. Mm. But the danger is, is when those people go, is that the joy will, will the joy will disappear? Wow. I, I think joy is is so much more than that. Wow. And um, I, I think it's, it's about going deeper and deeper and deeper on your journey with God mm. and you know you, you discover things that are really tough on that mm. journey but it doesn't mean that the joy disappears mm. i think i think the joy can still be found in yeah. those tough tough places one of the interesting things is Matt. um growing up in church circles um we often talk about the the mountaintop right that uh, and those are wonderful wonderful mountaintops I am not sure we're created for the mountaintops. I actually think we're created for the valleys, Mm. right? Now, on this Everest expedition that me and you are going to do with these Mm. other people, right? (laughs) Well, once you go above, I think it's 8,000 meters, you're in what they call the death zone. Mm. You cannot stay on that mountain peak. Mm. You're not designed to stay on that mountain peak. So often in life, I think people want to, they see joy as that mountain peak, that the the park runners who've done a 5k are incredible joy, that the church people who are going to have a a Christmas carol concert, Mm. incredible joy. But what about the rest of the time? Mm. As a follower of God, if joy is only found at certain points, Mm. then I I think we've got it wrong. Mm. I think we've got to be able to find joy wherever we are. And it, it should be in all that we do. Um, I, I love the story of um, Corrie Ten Boom, um, where her sister um, said to her at a real low point in that concentration camp, um, you know, where on earth can you find the joy um, in this horrible, horrible place we're in? And she found the joy in the, in the lice mm-hmm. because the German guards apparently wouldn't raid their cabin uh, be because of the lice and the mm. smell and the stench mm. but Corrie Ten Boom found joy because of that I, I think we've got to be people who really look for joy mm. and uh, a, a real understanding that um, it's more than what we can ever imagine as well mm. and for me especially this time of year it, it's about seeing what, what God's doing It's about learning about the incarnation again and again and again Mm. and trying to find a a renewed joy um, in in all that we do. Mm. Um, Importantly, though, Matt, now now I'm I'm thinking this through as I'm speaking, um, people are so important for that joy. Mm. And I'm not dismissing that Mm. because. Again, we're created to be in community, mm. and community is people, mm. and so there has to be people around us mm. um to help us discover more and more and more of of that joy
0: but i I, th- I think that's a, a such a helpful answer because well, you talked about it, didn't you, in your first answer, about actually finding out who you were and realizing that you liked it, like actually, you could happily have gone through the rest of your life as a kind of a larger than life you know, life and soul of the party, all the rest of it, without ever discovering who you really were and realizing that you actually like that person. And I think that really carries into this answer, because actually, if joy is just like you say, the things we do, the people we're with, park run on a Saturday, whatever it happens to be on a Sunday, then yeah, that, that won't ever really do justice to what joy truly is. I think that's a, an answer packed full of, yeah, stuff that people are going to really want to think about good now your fourth choice the last choice you have to make before the last question is this one what's in the snack bag so so this is really interesting because um in the world of iron
1: man you discover so much about the need for fuel Mm. so you need to have something before you need to have something during you need to have something after Mm. but the snack bag i'm guessing in the question you're asking is what i take with me on that journey yeah so for me it's gonna be stuff um if, if i'm if if Everest Base Camp will probably be nothing like climbing the rest of that mountain. Yeah. But one of the things that you want is you want stuff that you're going to really enjoy. Some of these snack bars, these energy bars that you can get, frankly, yeah. are disgusting.
0: <laughs> oh I right? really I really thought we were ending up there. I'm so glad. I'm so glad this has taken exactly the right turn at the time I needed it to enjoy. I was getting worried there for a minute. Right. So so I, I really think you, you've got to have stuff that yes. you enjoy, right? Yeah um
1: when we did the base camp right um a lot of the guys not a lot but probably half the group were really having altitude problems mm. and there was one nightmare where my heart was going race of knots because it does all strange things to you mm. we got to i can't remember how high base camp is but it, it's high right mm. it's high um the next morning at three o'clock in the morning they did an uh, another walk to a mountain top higher than base camp And you could watch the sunrise over the Himalayas. So I did it, right? And it was unbelievably hard. Um, The snack bag froze, right? So my back, (laughs) my my camel back froze. So that was all frozen. So I had in my pockets, I had um, Snickers bars, right? Nice. But they turned out to be ice creams because they were frozen. Right? So I was, I was just like, so what I'm saying is, on in that snack bag, yeah. it, I would be put in chocolate bars because good. they would freeze, good. and then you would have a
0: brilliant ice cream. It would I'm be happy. like, just be amazing. I'm in, absolutely nailed it, brilliant. I'm there. I'm with you, Snickers. Fine with that. All good, perfect snack bag. Good choice. Yeah. It's always, it's always hard to know that one. It's a tough, it's a tough question that one. But I do have to be honest. It is the one I judge people most harshly on. You know, get the snack bag <laughs> wrong. And, you know, this whole episode could go downhill. Um, now, we've only got one more question. Yeah. And and it's how do we mature in service? And and you've talked about this a little bit already. And I want to go back to something you said a little earlier, um, which was about how your understanding of God has changed from that God that you encountered in 9899 99 through to now and how that's changed because of the people you've met, because that really struck me as particularly in the role you do in the Salvation Army right now that struck me as a really important answer. So I guess, how do we mature in service, but how have you yourself matured in that way through those people you've met and how that's changed your view of God?
1: Yeah, so my role, but more important than that, the posture I want to live out is intercultural. So my role is intercultural mission enabler, but um, I want to be an intercultural person. And what intercultural means is, is a willingness to enter another person's culture, another person's space, as much as perhaps you want them to enter your own. Mm. It's a willingness to be mutually inconvenienced. Mm. Often we want it one way, but this is a mutual inconvenience. When you do that and it works at its best, you start to create a bigger story than perhaps each of you started with. And I've, look, I I, I was an Essex boy. All my mates were Mm. white, Mm. right? There was one guy in our division, Rajan Noble, um, who had uh, Sri Lankan heritage. Other than that, it it was my mates. They were all white. In my job, uh, most of my clients were white. In the the core that I used to go to, the church I used to go to, it was all white. Mm. So that was, in my mind, that's the only thing I knew of Inner City, right, was what I read in the unhelpful newspapers. Mm. And what happens is you get a preconceived idea as to what these places are going to be like. So I moved to Camberwell 20 years ago um, this year because I moved to the the training college and I suddenly started going down to East Street Market. And I started when, when me and Catherine got together, she'd take me along to like Heartbeat Church, mm. uh, where some of the Wades, I don't know if you remember the musical group, the Wades, but some of them um, uh, lead Heartbeat. They mm. still do. Um, and it was just unbelievable that mm. this rich diversity that. I just did not know about Mm. it was there. And then my first, this is hilarious. My first church is a hyper diverse salvation army Mm. in a hyper diverse community with a hyper diverse leadership team. Mm. And so I I didn't realize it at the time, Matt, but oh man, what an absolute blessing was handed to me. Mm. And please hear this. It wasn't all one rosy journey, Mm. right? Uh, But it was a journey of joy. And I say that because in the low times, when I look back, the joy was still there. Right. Mm. Um, But what what has really helped me on this journey um, as I've journeyed with people from all around the world, as I've entered their space and they've entered my space, it's just made me aware that the God who created all things, the God who created them, uh, the god who created them in his image mm. means that the, the god that i thought was kind of a, a white westerner is not that god at all mm. in fact when you when you, when you get a glimpse of the kingdom message in revelation 7 right all those different people coming before god it just shows how diverse god is yeah. and so over the last 20 years that has been something on my journey That has been incredibly enriching Mm. because I have just come to know a God that I did not know before. Mm. Um, And that has really helped me um, on the journey that I'm on. Importantly, um, and this is so, so important, even if you have met someone from Zimbabwe or you have met someone from uh, Angola or you've met someone from China or Argentina, it does not mean that everybody from that country is like that person Mm -hmm. because we are all unique and individual. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a a mistake some of us can make. Mm -hmm. And I've made it in the past in terms of me growing in relationship with God in understanding uh, uh, people. um, It's just helped me to journey to a deeper level. Mm -hmm. But here's the key thing. I have a long, long, long way to go. And I don't think I'll ever get there. Yeah. But I so want to get there. Yeah. I so want to understand yeah. who people are, what makes them tick. And importantly, I want to discover what what do they know of the God that I know, yeah. right? How can each of us bless each other yeah. with, with the understanding that we have? Yeah. And Matt, I used to think that I had all the answers, but now I, I just know I've just got so many questions, um and I I don't mind that. Um Jesus seemed to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but he, he often didn't give many answers. Well, and he also he also um he also told us to become like children. And if you ever spend any time around a child, you know what that's like. That's just question on question on question on question, right? i I think that's a bit yeah. that people have often missed. That was only whenever I ended up with a sort of a five-year-old son did that passage ever make sense to me. It was suddenly like, oh, like that? like that guy just constantly oh yeah i get it now yeah i totally get that passage (laughs) yeah
1: i I love the whole um the whole idea of um being with rather than doing for and i I would say to you probably three quarters of my christian journey has been 15 years has been doing for and certainly the last five have focused far 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 more on being with and you know Matt, I, I grew up learning about the John Four, uh, the woman at the well, right? And mm. I remember vividly that we would read the passages about the water of life, and I'm not discounting the water of life, mm. but then Wickford songsters would sing, "The well is deep, right? Badly," and you know, we, but we never looked at the cultural implications of that Bible passage mm. that he had to go through mm. Samaria. And I'm challenged mm. as to the community I live in, yeah. what are the Samaria's yeah. that, that I should be yeah. going to in the community you live in, the community that our listeners uh, are in? Um, mm. what, what's the mm. Samaria's that they're called to go to? Because Jesus, as a Jewish mm. guy, shouldn't have gone anywhere near Samaria, but he did. And then you mm. read on in the story, mm. it's a brilliant story, but how many churches mm-hmm. talk about that he stayed with them for three days? You know, or maybe it was mm. two days. I've got this spiritual gift of exaggeration. Um, <laughs> but, two or three. Um, but, but that's the thing and this is where my passion for yeah. intercultural comes about that yeah. him sitting around that table it challenges me to say when I'm sat around the different tables that I sit around right who's missing mm-hmm. who's missing from that mm-hmm. table when Jesus sits yeah. at that table with the Samaritans I don't believe for one minute someone gets up and gives him their seat I think they just move closer now I know that's difficult at the minute yeah, yeah. with COVID, but we've we've yeah. got to move closer to people. Not because yeah. it's a yeah. Johnny idea, but because it's a good idea. And Jesus yeah. did it all yeah. the time. He moves into yeah. other people's places. Um yeah. Yeah. Matt, when we start doing that and we do it authentically, we start to understand more about people and we start to understand more about God because God created all things. And that that's really Uh, my journey that's where I'm up to um, right now and I'll be honest there's times where I really don't want to enter another person's space I'm happy with my own space Mm. and there's Mm. times I I mentioned to you earlier about um, the Marvel DC stuff right Um, Mm. I remember watching a series WandaVision right I'm sat watching WandaVision thinking what on earth is this about but being with my kids right i'm in the same space as them and i'm watching it with them right christmas is coming up i'm going to sit watching stuff that perhaps i think what on earth am i watching but it's about being with it's about giving up it's a cost to oneself and jesus talks a lot about sacrifice a lot about giving up things and so again that that that's part of my journey and i think the journey we're all called to
0: yeah what an answer i mean i could I could literally go th- back and recall so much of what you said through that because it's just i think it's just so important the the one thing that stands out to me is that thing of saying I spent three quarters of my Christian life doing four and I've spent the last quarter being with but that's that's what the future looks like is is being with and being with, and I absolutely hear that
1: on the fridays that i've talked about um so i read in the morning um with about uh 10 12 kids mm. and um as they've got to know me a bit more um that they've relaxed their reading's mm. got a bit better mm. in most cases which mm. is brilliant um but i really enjoy spending time with them mm. right and that look i'm listening to the same story right, <laughs> 12 times <laughs> It but Matt is about being a presence in that school. Yeah. Right. Um God is in that school. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, uh, then, then I do an hour and a half lunchtime duty where in the freezing cold um I'll walk around and I will try to engage with mostly teenagers yep. and I'll say, You're right? And they'll just <laughs> look at me. Because <laughs> I'm not a youth worker. <laughs> but but here's the thing, right? over time because i 've been doing it a while now um, suddenly they've started saying to the teachers who's that guy yeah and because because I'm chair of governors the the teachers always say, oh, it's the chair of governors yeah now they love the fact that the chair of governors is in the school because yeah. most chair of governors I'm learning don't go anywhere near a school
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah
1: but you know I it's about being with yeah. in, in a community that desperately needs to see positive people yeah right yeah. The, the other important thing is that what teachers have gone through in the last 18 months is unbelievable. I've seen it firsthand. Um, I I don't know what they've gone through because I'm not a teacher, Mm. but I've seen enough to tell me that those guys are heroes, Mm -hmm. right? Absolute Mm -hmm. heroes. Mm -hmm. As cases are rising again, the school teachers are there in classes on the front line, making themselves vulnerable. Right. If every person uh, who's a follower, or not even a follower, but starts thinking, okay, what can I do different as we journey forward? I tell you now, if people could just go into schools and say, I can offer you an hour, I can offer you two hours, right? Not to fix educational problems, but simply to be a presence within that school. The difference it would make would be unbelievable.
0: So, no, I think to me that's so important. I honestly just what you've said about about people volunteering people might be listening going what you can just you can just do that but but there are needs for people to be present for people who can go and help with reading for people who can uh, do lunch duties who can who can do all those things and to just be there and and I think you know the thing is that schools are often more open to this than, than people realize they are you
1: know sometimes we can look at youth workers right and we can think, wow, they are such gifted youth workers. And I know some really gifted youth mm. workers. And we can sometimes look at schools and think, well, I'm not a youth worker, so what on earth could I offer to that school? And that's where I think we need to really check ourselves because I, I don't know of any... I know a lot of head teachers, and I know a lot of teachers and I know all of them. If you were to say to them, could I offer some time for you? Um, they would grab your hand off, right? it's really important though that that you're doing it uh, not for your own glory mm-hmm. right you're doing it mm-hmm. because you want to enter uh a place and actually be part of helping and journeying with yeah. people
0: yeah
1: well one of the things that's really impacted me with lockdown that is that the church has sent people mm. and what i've really been well, i'm not surprised by this but in many ways I've I've looked at different people's journeys and it's kind of like now we're all in our homes and not going along to church gatherings. I know we are now, but mm. back then when mm. we weren't, it's kind of an impression I was getting of, Oh no, well, what on earth are we gonna do? Mm. And mm. I said earlier about, you know, I don't think we are uh, um, designed to be on that mountaintop mm. for long. Mm. Actually we're to be in the ordinary every day, mm. the valleys. And to me, I, I would love the church to really think through, um, frontline mm. to really think through, um, that they are a sent people mm. and really be asking those questions in the times of day where I spend my most time, whether that's work or in school or in, in the home where I live, um, you know, do I really see that mm. as a place where I am being with people? Mm. Am I being Christ in those mm. places? And, you know, wouldn't it be amazing turnaround if suddenly just 10% of church started thinking like that, you know, incredible, really incredible. And I I think that the saddest thing for me from a church perspective has been that so many, and I'm not just talking Salvation Army, Mm. has gone back to what was before. Mm. And, uh, you know, well, let's just carry on. And to me, I'm really challenged that I I, I want to change so many things about who I am. Mm. And I think that's where it starts. I think it's about looking at us individually Mm. and thinking through, okay, so how how do I go deeper Mm. in my journey? Mm. Um, How do I work out who I am? It's it's going through all the questions Mm -hmm. that we've been journeying Mm -hmm. through tonight. Um, But at the same time, it's about calling people to be sent people yeah. um you know wherever they are yeah um being jesus in in those communities
0: I, I i just love that johnny thank you so much for your time thanks for joining us uh here on the altering podcast no worries. Been such a pleasure uh, to talk to you and to catch up with you i want to thank you for your honesty and uh, sharing uh, your experience but also some of your own story as well it's been absolutely wonderful thank you so much for being here
1: absolute pleasure matt thank you for having me
0: well, another huge thanks to Johnny for joining us here on the All Terrain Podcast. Lots and lots to take away from that conversation. And we will put the link to Kansuji Hope in the show notes of this episode. I really encourage you to check those guys out. They are doing tremendous stuff. That's it for this episode, but don't forget to share the podcast across your social media channels. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you could give the show a rating or write us a review. All those things help us get the show heard by even more people. And you can also now access our brilliant sketch notes and small group questions that accompany each episode. Just search for the All Terrain Podcast or click the link in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time with another guest who'll be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing their wisdom learned along the way on the All Terrain podcast.